just so that we can have record of this and it'll be helpful. Um, so this is what I've got the prayerfully dependent notes open. So Scott, that's in our calendar. If you want to open it up, you're welcome to. It'd be great to kind of follow it along. But um, the plan right now is we are launching an episode on May 3rd, How Should Men Think About Leading the Next Generation? And um, we've got another podcast that we could do with Blake Payne, but I'm thinking that I want to push this so that we launch this in June. Um, so it would be nice to get clear on it today and then try to schedule a final interview in the office here in the next couple of weeks, if that's even possible. Um, just because we decided to do something else with Blake's. Blake's doing Why Should We Care About the Local Church? And we're thinking about having a two-part episode to that where we invite some men to talk about what we've just heard in that episode. So anyways, it would be nice if we could push this. I'm not gonna you know, make you, but I mean, it'd be good. So hopefully today, the goal is to kind of strategize something that we feel good about. I'm kind of all over the place with it, but I think the big thing that is attention um, is that we as men, can easily become self-reliant and the internet says that learning to rely on yourself is an important strength to have and so um, there are often times where we cannot reach out to a friend or a family so we must be able to get ourselves through a difficult moment without alcohol or drug use. I got that from the internet. And so um, why, but what we know as believers is that we don't, we don't think like that as believers, as men, we need to, we need to be rallied around community. We need to not be independent because independence is that sin that easily creeps in. We want to be the creator. Um, and so why is self-reliance for a believer and for an authentic man, a dangerous trap. And so, you know, I've been thinking about this. I've been, you know, I think for years we've talked about passivity as the core sin of man, which I believe that's true. But, uh, but now with the new language of authentic manhood, we have this other side where um, self-reliance is that other side. So when, when I think about being the opposite of self-reliance is of course, dependence on God. And the more, you know, then we had a staff meeting, you started talking about being prayerfully dependent. And so all these questions became, is this the key? Is this one of the key ways that we can fight self-reliance as a man? So I don't know if you want to start on the document, if you want to talk about, first of all, if you have personally struggled with being self-reliant, maybe you could be a little bit vulnerable with us and just start there. And then maybe we could lead into, okay, how do you, how have you learned recently um, how to fight self-reliance by being prayerfully dependent? And then maybe you could give us some bullet point ideas. So I'm not saying that's the way it's got to go, but it would it would feel natural to do it that way. Sure. <clears throat> well, um, yeah. So I think I think some of the things that are coming to mind. I'm just going to talk, Chris. Here we can. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be more organized when we're doing it for real. But um, <clears throat> I think that uh, there has been a regular habit that I've had that tends to be thinking I I need. God kind of more as a safety net, you know, either to catch me when I'm falling or to, or as a stool to help me reach something that I can't reach. But everything in the middle, um, I tend to think is kind of is, is on me and it should be me and that government, I'm going to take responsibility and, and work hard and, 
and do things. So there's a mixture there, you know, of, there is some biblical truth in taking responsibility, but there is, it's all blended into my head with secular mindset of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and, you know, that kind of a thing too. So um, <clears throat> I know I need God when I'm, I slip and fall. And I know I need God when I keep, when things are out of reach, but um, being dependent on God is a very different posture and a very different thing I have found um, of, for example, um, uh, this was, this is my 32nd year of working on a church staff since graduating college. So I've had a lot of opportunities to go into situations and I have a lot of scripts in my head that I'll pull up. You know, if somebody says I'm, I'm struggling with this, I've got three or four scripts for almost every issue that I've ever heard. And I'm not saying they're good scripts. I'm just saying they're already in my head and I'm way more likely to grab that script that is already in my head, then to pause and go, God, you know, this person, you know, what I'm bringing into this conversation. I mean, shoot, I got in an argument with my wife this morning and I'm a little ticked off and I would probably say something much quicker than I would normally, you know, even just little things like that of being self-reflective and self-aware to go, I need you to clear my head. I need you Lord to, you know, bring things to my mind that, um, I wouldn't normally think of. I need you to tell me which script I should even draw from, if any, today and go from a blank page. And you know what kinds of questions I need to ask. I mean, all those kinds of things. Um, when, when I have that posture, um, it is a very different kind of meeting. Um, but the reality is sometimes I go into some kind of interaction and I use a script and it goes very well. Mm. I wish every time it went terrible because then I wouldn't keep going back to it. But sometimes my script works quite well, uh, or at least in my mind. Yeah. Um, but what I don't, what I, what I think I don't see is the reality of what could have happened, what insight could have been there, uh, what did the, what the Holy Spirit might have done. Um, and somebody asked me, a, a discipleship leader of mine in college one time asked me, he said, so if the Holy Spirit stopped working in your life, how long would it take you to realize it? And I thought, mm, that's a good question, because when do I really know that he is when he's not? I mean, you know, um, it was a good reminder of just thinking, how reliant am I on the Holy Spirit um, that I would even notice it when he's if he stopped working for a couple hours or for a day or two? Would I even know it? Because I'm so built into my automatic scripts, my automatic thoughts, the systems already have in place. So that is some of the reality of what it looks like. Just trying to be a little bit vulnerable with it, too, because. I mean, honestly, when I was asked to prepare for the prayerfully dependent um, viewpoint uh, recording, um, I was amazed at how quickly I was apt not to pray. And I thought, oh my goodness, how, how ironic is it that I would be so easily not persuaded to pray about speaking about prayer and the importance of being prayerfully dependent. I mean, that's how kind of broken my mind and thinking is in my natural inclination. So it was a great reminder that entire week of knowing, wait a minute, I can't be speaking about prayerfully dependent without being prayerfully dependent. That would be going be an oxymoron, so to speak. So um, it was a great practice for me just to be, to realize how much I need to practice that habit. And so for that whole week and the weeks around it, it's been easier. And since actually, it's been a little easier because I've just been thinking more about it, about let me go into this meeting. Like I got a lunch meeting after you guys here at 1230. Um, that's not, that's going to be a little challenging and I already think I know what I should say, but, um, it'd be really good for me to really continue to be praying about it and thinking about, um, what the Lord thinks I should say. Yeah. 
be prepared to to respond to the Holy Spirit in the moment um, or to even come in and think, you know, I'm going to just ask a lot of questions and let the Holy Spirit guide me, for example. So anyway, I'm kind of rambling now, but no, that's really good. No, what what Scott, that is me coming in as a rookie to group life two years ago. Like that has been the defining piece for me is I thought I needed to come in with all of these questions and a plan to every group life meeting or not every group life meeting, but probably every shepherding conversation. And now I find myself coming in with one or two and really not even questions, but themes in my head because of how I've seen the Holy Spirit lead the conversation, give me questions to follow up with. And it doesn't mean that the conversation turns out great at the end and that we have a solution, but just the guiding and the settled presence I feel because I prayed about it and because the Holy Spirit is directing that conversation. And it's, I mean, it's amazing to me, 10 out of 10 times how that happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Scott, what do you, so maybe you could just talk to us a little bit about this core value of ours of prayerfully dependent. What does it mean to our church, uh, to our people? What does it mean to you? If maybe you could give us a little bit of overview of what prayerfully dependent is. Yeah. And I'm was going to go back and kind of rely on some of my uh, notes that from the um, previous talks on it, but um, to me, it's, really thinking through it is, uh, is I like the idea of the Keller's definition of it, that prayer is both a conversation and an encounter with God. Um, because there is something about um, acknowledging who he is that I think we can't, we can't skip around. Um, uh, most of my mealtime prayers, I'm not really thinking about God as, as far as an encounter with him. Um, there it's, it's very ritualistic. It's very, Hey, let's pray before we eat. You know, thanks for the food. I mean, I think I mean it, but, uh, it's not, uh, <clears throat> it is not the kind of prayer that I want to be marking most of my, my prayer life with the Lord. Um, and so he, he mentions prayer as both a conversation and encounter with God. We must know the awe of praising his glory, the intimacy of finding his grace and the struggle of asking his help. And those three components, I think, are helpful to, to break it down a little bit is that being, being prayerfully dependent, one, we got to realize who, who he is and who we are. And if we lose sight of that at any point, um, as Romans 1 tells us, it, it goes really bad really quick when we start thinking the creation is better than the creator. So being in awe of who he is and his attributes um, is, is really, really important to have a posture that once that, that realizes how much I need help. And then the, the other component he mentioned was the intimacy of finding his grace. Um, knowing that we have somebody that has endured um, the cross for us that has, as the scriptures say, he became sin for us so that we might know the righteousness of God. Um, somebody that was so acquainted with our, our sin as far as the judgment side and who has entered into that so that we can come boldly before the throne um, means that it has cost him a lot for us to be able to have access to to draw near to him and praise him or much less ask him something, but to just even praise him, it, it, it has cost him something dearly. Um, so realizing that somebody has done that for me, um, but both of those things are super helpful for framing um, my posture and coming that has to be a big part of it. And then of course, when you realize who he is, and you realize how much you need his grace, it becomes much easier to ask him for help. Um, so the, the, the idea of coming and going, being dependent um, comes more naturally when we realize exactly who he is 
um, in that whole process. So, so that whole idea of posture before we even really focus much on the practice has been super helpful for me um, because I just, I just find it sets up the context of, of how, how I want to come. But then the, the second part of practice, I think, is best probably served by Jesus's words himself about the Lord's Prayer, which I'm so excited we've been doing it um, through our nights of prayer piece by piece, because I think it lets us really sit in each of those sections. Um, but that whole idea that um, uh, the priority of, as uh, it's been called, the priority of the God word petition, mm -hmm. the hallowed his name, his kingdom come and his will be done here on earth, that those are really priorities, Jesus tells us, in our prayer lives. And um, and not only did Jesus pray that way, his life, he lived his life that way. I mean, he says things like, I only do what I see the father do. I only say what I hear the father say. Um, you know, he gives that kind of kind of dependence. And, and of course, in the Garden of Gethsemane, we have the ultimate picture that he's willing to, to do something that was difficult in his humanity. He says, right, if there's any way to let this cup pass for me, let it. But if not, your will be done, not mine. You know, we, we can't say that, look at that in the Lord's Prayer, your will be done on earth as is in heaven without thinking, being reminded, I think, that Jesus um, very much modeled that to the point of death on the cross, that he would endure that um, uh, with us. So, so the priority of his name being glorified, his kingdom coming, his will being done um, is, is a huge part of prayerful dependence because prayerful dependence, you can be very prayerfully dependent and very consumer minded at the same time. You know, you can pray a whole lot and be very dependent on God, but it could all be about you getting the, getting the raise at work, you getting, you know, seen by your boss, you getting the project done on time that you're hoping um, you, you know, you'll get done on time because it's gonna look bad if you don't. I mean, we can be very prayerfully dependent, but it could have very little to do with God's name his kingdom coming and his will being done on earth. So um, when that begins to, to be the priority, I think, I think our prayer lives look very different. Um, so for example, um, when you start thinking about, because most of us, if we're honest, spend our time in the give us this day our daily bread types of prayer. Mm. God, help me find a parking spot. God, help my wife and I to work through this problem so we can be happy again. God, help my son, here's a real one for me. He just broke his leg last week. How to help him manage six weeks on a crutch. You know, it, it can be very much um, what, what do we need today and what God can do. But the Lord's prayer um, really is telling us that we need daily bread so that um, his name will be hallowed. So we can better hallowed his name. We can better make his kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's why you need daily bread. That's a very different orientation. And it's not that I don't think God has a problem with us praying for parking spots or praying for our son who has a broken leg. Um, but I think if the priority of our prayers aren't ultimately guided, most importantly, and most frequently around things that have to do with God and his glory, then we might be prayerfully dependent in a way, but we're not being prayerfully dependent in the way that the scriptures are calling us to be prayerfully dependent. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because yeah. I know people that will say, man, I pray all the time. I pray for this or that. But I bet if we dug in a little bit deeper, we'd find that the prayer focus was often not mostly on the things of God, where they're mostly on something else. Right. It goes back to the genie concept. Yes. I'm, I'm coming to my genie. I'm going to rub the lamp. And, you know, a lot of us would hear that and think that's ridiculous. That's that's not what I'm doing. But if we really unpack it, that is what we're doing. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you better come out way more than three times or we're going to be really ticked off. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I, I want a thousand more wishes as my first wish. Yeah. yeah. I, I like how you've helped us think through this in terms of posture first. So uh, the first thing that I think about is the creator creature distinction. Yeah. The, the idea that I, I, I really struggle with that sometimes and that um, and we read the scriptures and I mean, even this morning in the scripture reading plan, I think we were in Psalm 19. I don't remember where we were, but yeah, I think it was Psalm 19 and David opens up. He says, you know, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies display his craftsmanship. And um, yesterday, I think we read in the Bible reading plan that, um, and I can't remember where it is, but um talking it was in Isaiah and it was talking about how the blacksmith and the craftsmen they are given these skills but they use those skills to to worship the their own idols that they create using their skills their gifts and how they have eyes but they don't see they have ear they have um they have a mind, but they don't think. And, and I think that that's a challenge for me sometimes in a, in a busy world where I have responsibilities at work, I have responsibilities at home, and I get my head down and I begin to put systems in place. I begin to put, um, you know, and then those systems begin to work well for me. And then I, I begin because when I think about worship, I think worship often, the, another word for worship is focus. So like I, I can easily focus on things that I'm doing really well at, and then I choose to not have the right posture. So, so I don't know if you want to respond to any of that, Scott, if there's something that you feel like you, that, I don't know if you would agree with that, or if I'm saying that correctly. Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, I do agree with that. And I, um, one of the things that and in, in, in that, um, uh, forgot the name, viewpoint, meaning um, we made a little chart that talking about our, because I think our posture of prayer really will direct our practice of prayer. Yes. Um, and if, if, if we begin to practice that kind of prayer more and more, it's going to continue to strengthen our posture. There's a, there is a cycle that we want to get into, I think, that that even almost like a funnel, the more we're in that cycle, the more we it takes us in closer and closer, I think, to the heart of God and being really focused on on worship, which is what, you know, prayer is really all about is is a form of worship for sure. So um, I think that's a big, big part of it, those two working together. But the posture, I think, is key for really helping to direct um, how we practice, because if you don't have that posture, the Lord's prayer really doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. The Lord's prayer sounds like on face value, like, all right, God wants to get in his stuff first but he's going to help you with your stuff too. You know, pray for yeah. God, you know, praise him and you know, help his kingdom come will be done. But you, do, you, you know, you give attention to that part and God's going to take care of the rest of your part rather than seeing that those work hand in hand um, yeah. is a very different perspective, I think. Yeah. I like the, I like the statement you said, our posture of prayer directs our practice of prayer and our practice of prayer strengthens our posture like that. Yeah. That is the, the funnel that you're talking about. And I really yeah. think that that's very clear. It's the, probably the biggest principle that I got when you did that teaching. I highlighted that in the notes because I think if we early on in the first few minutes hit that phrase, 
the way that it hit me yesterday in reading through it, and I highlighted it because it hit me so hard, like that rattled my brain to get my attention. Mm-hmm. And I think if in the first few minutes, as we're talking to you, Scott, in the interview, you you do that phrase, and then we spend the episode unpacking the posture part and then the practice part and how those, I think it keeps it simple enough for our listeners that are um, new to all this, but there's still enough plenty of meat for a guy who's been at our church for 20 years and has been growing and and all of that. Um, But it, but it keeps the, the, just the framework in everybody's head that's listening. It keeps, keeps it simple going back to that. Posture, practice, practice, posture, posture, practice, practice, posture. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Yeah. So kind of coming in on the front end, like he said, if you could, if you could say, hey, this is what I want to talk about for a little bit. Maybe that's what the focus is of this. If you were to think of a skeleton, we're going to, we're going to introduce the idea that self-reliance is not a great thing in, in a, in the life of a believer and that, um, what does it look like to be dependent on God, which is the opposite? Because we're really trying to rally our men around this core idea of what it means to be responsible for and move towards depend on. So we're taking a segment of that idea. We're going to talk about being, being um, dependent and we're, going to, and we're going to talk about the posture of being prayerfully dependent. And I think if we can focus on what that is, which I think you did a good job, you were a bit vulnerable, you shared you know, how that's worked in your life. And then maybe talk a little bit about why it's important. You use the Lord's prayer. Then I think we've finished the first section. So then the next section will be, okay, great. Now that we recognize that our posture of prayer directs our practice of prayer, then let's talk about our practice of prayer, strengthening our posture. So let's talk about the practice in in essence. So that could be the next section where it's like, you have a bunch of questions for the work environment. So maybe you want to just pick two. We can't do all of them because there's just, you know, we could just talk forever. But if you wanted to say, hey, here are two practices that can help us put this in place, this posture of prayer, directing our practice of prayer, um, and how that helps us be prayerfully dependent and, and fight self-reliance. Here are two things, men, that you can do that can help you focus on the practice. And so maybe that could be where we could go next. Yeah. Did you guys in particular think that there was one of the two of those questions that would resonate most or with more men than some of the others? Let's see. Well, I mean, number three, does my prayer life, life reflect the priorities that Jesus did? I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you a great example. So let me just, and Brad, you think here, but I wanted to share with you a moment I had last night. This doesn't need to be on the podcast, but just want to talk out loud for me for a minute. So last night I went to Anderson to do a connect team training and I'm there 10 minutes before we're starting guy comes in, he's a covenant member. He's leading a safety team. And um, I'm like, man, how's your day been? He goes, man, it's been real hard. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, it's been a really tough season. And, um, and I'm like, okay. And he goes, and the other thing that sucks is I've got three people on my safety team and we just have nobody that wants to serve. Like, I can't find anybody to serve. I just, I'm like, okay. And I'm like, um, and I just like, I just asked, I was like, have you ever spent time with the guys outside of serving? Um, to just spend time with them and just to encourage them, thank them for serving. He's like, no, man, I don't have time for that. 
And, um, and I was like, okay, all right, well, well, why do you not have time for it? I found out he's working, you know, Monday through Saturday. Um, he just has all these excuses. And to be honest, he doesn't want to do it. And it was just very, the, the whole meeting was very like the whole conversation for five, six minutes was very disruptive, but like, um, First of all, I, I mean, and I could I could have a whole nother angle at this, but it just seemed to me that he doesn't want to take the time to be involved. And in, like, he has an opportunity to lead a team of guys and he could spend some time with them and be um, and be part of their life to encourage them. You know, I was like, man, what would, what would it take if you just invited them over for dinner one night and just fed them? And just ask them a little bit about what's going on in their life, get to know them a little, care for them, like pray for them. You know, I mean, these are people that God has entrusted to you on your team. Have you thought about it that way? It's like, I haven't, and I just, I just don't have the time to do it. So when I see number three, does my prayer life reflect the priorities that Jesus did? Like Jesus got in, involved in, in those 12 disciples' lives and the lives of other people, and he spent time with them. And so like he spent time with them, therefore he needed God's strength to, to, to minister to them. And so to me, I don't know, this a, a lot, I'm rambling here, but the point is, is that like, I see that and I think, man, that is, that is the big picture behind what could help this guy think a little bit differently. I don't know if that makes sense, but. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, um, another, go ahead. Go ahead another, one that, well, another one that I got some good feedback on from people that, Several people emailed me after that um, point, and a few people emailed me after I did the central, the talk to the central staff too. And one of the ones that stood out a lot to, to some of them um, is uh, was question uh, six: Do I do I plan then pray or pray and then plan? Mm. Um, that was one that resonated with a bunch yeah. of people um, that might be worth mentioning too. Yes. The if we were going to mention two about the workplace specifically, I think it's to me, it's that one because you could wrap in what Chris is talking about. I think you could, you could pull that in together. Um, you know, because as you approach work, do I plan, you know, do I plan then pray, pray then plan. And, and, and does my prayer life reflect the priorities Jesus did? Am I praying first? And then, um, you know, planning and carrying out from there. I think you could put that together. The other one that I think is, is significant of the questions is, so I think in two categories about work, my approach to work, and then my attitude and representation of Christ in work. Mm. So it's, it's every, like on my way to work, like I'm thinking about every day for everybody out there listening, even if they're a, um, you know, homeschooling and they're, and they're a parent at home all day, uh, the way that they approach that work, even in their home, that is, that is a posture of their heart, their mindset. Am I praying then planning, like getting to the work environment is key. And then what am I living out when all of the little things of, of the workday pop up? Um, how am I actually praying for those things and representing that posture amongst everybody that I'm working around. And I, so I, I think we could even address some of you may work in an environment that is hostile towards your faith. And what does it look like for you to counter that in a way that is honoring to God, but is also coming under authority? I think there's probably going to be some people just from conversation I have that um, would feel like it's 
uh, it's hostile in my work environment for me to represent Christ. How do I, how do I do that? I think the three of us know how people can do that, but for the, for the average person listening, who's dealing with that, I think they could feel overwhelmed um, because of fear. Yeah. Yeah. Number six, I think would be cool to start there. Um, you know, I really like your two scripture examples. So that would help us demonstrate being biblically oriented and we can have some scripture that guys could wrestle through. So it's not just an idea that we have. So I really like that idea. Um, talking about the difference between David. So you could just say, let me share two ideas with you around the practice. You know, number one, um, here's a question. Do I plan then pray or pray then plan? You know, there's, you know, two guys, David, Saul, you know, Saul, here's two ways that they, you know, here, second Samuel five, David seeks, you can just say it, um, first Samuel 15, which is, you know, Saul, he does this. And so maybe you could just be a little bit vulnerable, or maybe you have a story of, um, of where you've seen this in our church and maybe where you've seen a man do this. And then we can be like, okay, that's great. What's the second one. And then, um, you know, you could do, um, does, um, going back to that, 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 that idea of work, um, does my prayer life reflect the priorities that Jesus did? So like, what am I actually praying for? Um, you could talk about that James five passage, um, and, and just kind of get oriented to who, if, if we can live in the, in the banner, under the banner of Jesus, then we will depend on God the way he depended on God. And so maybe you could leave us with, you know, giving us that priority. So it's like, man, that's great. This has been so good, Scott. Like, these are great ideas. Um, if we were to land the plane and finish this episode, you know, what would be one thing that you would want us to do? And then you could kind of maybe wrap it all up in a bow. Um, maybe it's, hey, read James 5, you know, read, um, you know, maybe ask yourself those questions, you know, how, you know, does my prayer life reflect the priorities that Jesus did? And then that other one, do I plan then pray or pray then plan? Like, ask yourself that question and do a diagnostic, look at those scriptures, read those scriptures and begin to ask God, what does it look like for me to be prayerfully dependent for the next 30 days? You know, just every day, I'm going to focus on this as a, as something that I'm going to try to discipline myself to think through. And I think we could be finished with the podcast, the podcast, the interview is less important as much as the conversations that come from it. So if we can give, you know, a couple guys something to talk about in their conversations, then I think we win, you know, so that would be my thought, unless Brad, you have any other ideas? Well, so, so you're saying we would focus on work with this one and then we could, or, or we focus on the idea of being prayerfully dependent and work is a way that we are prayerfully dependent. Well, I, I think we could focus on work because, you know, that is on, on so many of the you know men that are listening, that is what's on their mind. But I think we could dovetail a little bit where work is the focus, but then if I were to think about three categories for a man in taking responsibility for the people and situations in his life, it's work, it's home and it's ministry. Okay. Well, I guess ministry is everywhere, but um, you know, local church involvement, like those three pillars yeah. of, of daily life. 
So I think work could be what draws a lot of men in and what makes them want to share the episode with a bunch of other men and create discussion. But I think you can take those same two questions and apply them to how are you praying, uh, you know, praying then planning about your family and about work you do in the local yeah, church. I like that. That's good, Brad. I like so, that. So the, the bulk is because that guy I met with this morning, he's growing like a weed in his faith, growing like a weed, been a part of our church like two years now. And, and, and it's great to see, but he's coming out of just such twisted thinking from where he, he and his wife came from that he doesn't see himself growing like a weed. Um, and he's so focused on his career. He's a CEO. He's rose from the basement, you know, the mailroom floor all the way up to CEO. And he's very proud about that. And he's so focused on his career. You draw him in about work and how he does that at work and he'll be all about it and then we dovetail at the end of and this has got to be happening at home it's got to be happening in how you serve the people in the church um i think that could be a good setup those are probably future episodes too but that at least gives us those questions those two questions in those three pillar areas of our life i like it what do you think um scott yeah i i completely agree with that Another thing that popped in my head is is because uh, um, we brought this out. I did a prayer thing on a shepherding, <clears throat> you know, the uh, shepherding values with uh, Scott Freeman. And one of the things that we mentioned there too is just that you want to be prayerfully dependent for you, but you also want to be in a sense prayerfully dependent as a discipler because if you are modeling that to somebody that you're discipling, um, you know, they smell it, they can see it when you're doing it they can feel it in your attitude. That's what I mean by when I say they smell it. Um, you're actually discipling them in a practice that they can pick up on and go, oh my goodness, you you didn't kind of come in here with a preconceived notion in this meeting. You're, you really are seeking the Lord. You know, when you opened our lunch and prayer or breakfast and prayer, you really asked God to, to show you stuff. And and I could tell you were, you were thinking um, about not what I was going to say next, but thinking about what the Holy Spirit was, you know, I, th- I think even what, what we're modeling in the discipleship process, we, we know that people we're caring and pouring into need to be prayerfully dependent. They need to be relying on the Lord. But we forget sometimes that the most powerful way they learn that is not in our words, but in watching us do it. Yeah. Um, so the more they can watch us do it, and that's that's your children. This is where we can tell some of them in. That's the, your children you're trying to disciple, your wife you're trying to disciple, who yeah. you have responsibility for more than the people at your place of employment. They've got to see this. They got to pick up on this. You know, they've got to, you know, see that this is a, a real thing that you really do, not just something you tell them to do. Um, because kids, kids are going to do what they really see us do, not what they, what we tell them to do. We learned that over having six kids in our life. Um, but uh, so that's where I think they can make a, a transition to and in, into the home and other spheres beyond work. I love it. Okay. So just so that I'm wrapping up, cause I'm going to put this in a document and um, it'll be, it'll be our, we'll, we'll put it at the top of this document, but um, I am thinking what, what, it, what we would do. I'm writing this down. The last thought here. So let's talk, let's focus on the purpose. 
let's focus on posture and let's focus on practice. So let's break up the episode into those three ideas. So That's I can good. come in, I can bring kind of the, the idea around the, the dangerous trap of self-reliance. And then Scott, would you like, you know, how this whole thing got started, how we started thinking through this, then Scott, you can come in, you can kick off this idea. Our posture of prayer directs our practice of prayer and our practice of prayer strengthens our posture. So you kind of then could go into the, the regular habit of treating God as a store, a safety net, and, you know, um, your 32 years of being on staff and the scripts that you have, and just kind of be vulnerable for a minute that, you know, this is something that you have to work on. Um, and then we can then transition, Brad could then transition us for you to say, okay, well, let's talk about the posture. Like, what is what does it mean to be prayerfully dependent? Because this is one of our values. Maybe you could talk about the Lord's Prayer a bit. Um, you could talk more about that big idea and how that relates. And then we can transition you to, okay, this is great. Let's talk about the practice. Let's talk about some practices that we could put in place. Can you give us, you know, some, some things to think about? Talk about number six, talk about number three, um, the questions that those are, the scriptures, and then maybe um, just what that would look like to, uh, you could leave us with some, a call to action that, you know, take that, those two questions and think about how they work in your home, how they work at, I mean, how they work at work, how they work at home and how they work in personal ministry. And then we could just like wrap it up. I think that would just be super clean if you guys are good with that. Yep. I'm good with that. Okay. Yeah. I, right. I, I do think Chris, as you present the, uh, what, what were you saying at the beginning? You're going to open with, say it again. I'll I was going to just talk a little bit about how I've been, you know, that the, the internet, the, our culture talks about relying on yourself as an important strength to have. And, yeah. um, and that it's dangerous for, for authentic men to be self-reliant. So what does that mean? Yeah. Why is that? Why is that something we need to focus on? So that's how I was going to kick it off to him. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, and then Scott, you know, as you're opening with that, and then you just kind of open that, that piece to bring Scott in like basically setting up the tension and the problem yeah. that, that then everything is going to be, we're going to share ways to work through that, but stirring up in men listening, uh, Matt taught me this, you know, you get, you got to expose all of that and churn it up to then, to then bring some solution and some direction. So yeah. I think early on, not only is, you know, I think everybody would say at least thoughtfully, prayer is important, but what, what's the problem here? Like, yeah. what is, what is the problem? So mixed between what you say and then how Scott starts in setting up that problem that, all right, now let's talk about some, some direction. I think that will be helpful. Yeah. I'm going to focus on that problem. It's easy to fall into a rhythm of self-reliance and prayerlessness in the workplace. So I would, I would kick that off after I talk a little bit about what our culture says that it, that it is important to learn how to rely on yourself. And yeah. why is that dangerous when you are, you know, in the, in work, in home, in ministry, you are walking with Jesus. How is that a dangerous trap for us? And so I've hit yeah. that problem. Um, and then so, Scott being vulnerable about, you know, about some stuff that you've experienced or, or seen, I think then continues to open that up in a practical personalized way. And then we hit, you know, we hit all the good stuff that gives direction. I like it. 
Sounds so good. I'll, I'll put some of that in the document and I'll just put it at the top of this document and I'll respond to it. But if you guys are okay with that, I'd like to go through that process and try to keep the, I like it. Good. Okay. Um, okay. Could we really quickly look at, see what, um, what your schedule looks like. I don't know um, what your schedule, Scott and Brad look like, but would it be possible to do, and this would be an in-person meeting here at the central offices. Um, could we do something on the week of May 9th, um, possibly? I know that campus pastor meeting is on Thursday. So Scott, you probably would be over here if we want to try to get you because you're over here. Um, we could either do, I don't know if you're up for doing something on the week of May, May 9th, maybe from, uh, two to three on Monday, the 9th, or if you would want to do something from, uh, one to two on Thursday, the 12th, or if there is a, those are two options that I know I have open. Um, Brad, Scott, what are y'all's thoughts or do you need another time? I mean, I could, I could do Thursday one to two because I will be at, at Pelham. Yeah. Is that the only day you typically are at Pelham during the week? It's the only automatic day. Okay. okay. But, and it's Wednesday is another day I could be at Pelham. That's a little easier for me. Um, Mondays take some finagling, but I can make that happen. And Tuesdays I never can. Yeah. So what day works best for you, Brad? Chris, is, do you have anything open on the, on the 11th on Wednesday, like Scott was saying? Yeah, I could do, I, I have a two, to anywhere from two to three, I could do something. How's that for you, Scott? Um, I've got a standing two to two thirty that I could, I could try to rearrange. Or I could do, I could do, um, I could do 1030 to 1130 on the 11th, Wednesday, the 11th. I, I can do that. Let's do that. That'd be awesome. Okay, great. I'll get this document to you before the end of the day tomorrow, Scott, so you can just look through it. And if there's anything you want to add to it, you know, you can. But let's just plan on being in my office. I actually just took over Christy Cole's office. So I'm in here now. And uh, we've got we'll have the setup, everything set up. We we'll just walk in. We'll just get real comfortable with the mics, just making sure everything sounds good, feels good. And then we'll just jump right in and record. And so this is the the final thing, right? It's not. Yes. And, yeah. and Scott, if it doesn't work and you don't like how it goes, then we can do it again. We've been pretty successful at knocking them out, doing this call, prelim call and final. Um, we're, I mean, I could literally, Scott, take this entire recording and turn it into an episode. There's no doubt I could do it. I could cut out so many things. Um, but I would rather, you know, come in here and do it in person. No, but, if, but if we, if, if something got confusing, you could, you could go back and cut and edit. Oh yeah. yeah. Not like that. Yeah. And if, something, and if something was even confusing where we're in here, like, Hey, I don't want to say that. We'll just say, okay, well, let's just, let's go back to that question we asked five minutes ago and let's just start right. again. So we just have an old whole hour to wrestle through this, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. And, and I think that's the adjustment for people who don't, who don't do it regularly is that they think, well, I, oh, I just said that, you know, like Matt Kelly even got to the end of the interview and said, Hey, that piece where I said this, yeah, let's not, let's not say that. And then Chris is able to make a mark of that, go back and edit it out. So it's just, it's just him hitting record and we still have the same casual conversation um, that we can, we can give each other direction in the moment and then cut out the other stuff. Perfect.
Um, one question I have for you, and I'm just, um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thinking through what we would real, what is the question that we're answering? Um, would this be like, why should men care about being dependent on God? Why, I mean, why should men, um, why should men, um, I don't know, be, be fearful of being in a rhythm of self-reliance? What do you think is the question that could be a good topic subject for this? Um, I mean, I mean, something about in my head just that might be catchy, might, might not be, but just, um, um, uh, some kind of play on words, maybe even to like um, this um, fi finding strength in the, in the weakness of dependence or something, or um, you know why str why strong why strong men must be dependent on God or something. Something if there was something there that kind of helped them think through. Uh, oh, real strength looks different than what the world says. Um, real, just playing off some of your internet findings too, Chris of you know, the internet saying this is exactly the opposite of what the scriptures are saying. Yeah. Well, like, why should men find strength in the weakness of dependence? I mean, I would double tap on that immediately. Um, that's a great question. I like that question. Um, so just be thinking about it as we, as we, I kind of like that. Um, I also wonder getting back to your principle, the posture of prayer directs our, our, our practice of prayer. So, you know, I don't want to get into more strategic how questions, but I mean, that could be helpful. You know, how does our posture of prayer direct our practice of prayer? I don't know. That might be a, a question, but um, I think a safe title just as a backup is how should men think about prayerful dependence? Um, that's, I think that's a safe one. I I'm cut from the same cloth as you, Scott. I'd love to have a, a title that, that kind of grabs the attention and plays on words and stuff like that. If we can find it great. I just think that if we want people to know clearly what they're, what they're tapping on, that's a safe title. Yeah. You can always use a, a, a catchy title with a subtitle that's more clear yeah um, if it's a you know are, are you strong enough to be weak i mean that would catch i think men's attention Ooh. Um, Ooh, that's gonna have me thinking for a week <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be thinking for a week on that one write that down chris we could uh, do it down in the highlights so i'll yeah. send out a calendar invite today i will add these notes and i'll start working through some stuff i'll have all that stuff finished um tomorrow so yeah if you want to take some time to review it before you come in that'd be great and i'll just we'll be in touch chris are you gonna, are you gonna send a calendar invite yeah, yeah. i was gonna okay yeah. good all right yeah. i'll send i'll send one here shortly and then tomorrow i'll update it with all the notes and pdf like the documents that we'll use awesome wonderful thanks all right, guys rock and roll appreciate you a ton great. and uh we'll be in touch thanks Thank scott you. thanks guys see you enjoy that view yeah i will See you. See ya. All right. See you guys.